This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 279 of The Real Word. Word is up. The word is up, Nicole, but home inventory is not up. It's a continuing theme, and now finally Zillow has put a number on it. The construction crisis means that the U.S. needs 4.3 million more homes. A new Zillow report breaks down the affordability crisis in the U.S. showing the gap between household formation and available housing, which they've put that number at 4.3 million. You see some on the low side at 2 million, some on the high side at 7 million. So Zillow sitting somewhere on the high side of the middle at 4.3 million. Not only are there fewer homes and households in the U.S., but the gap between the two is growing right now. Nearly seven out of 10, so 68% of households doubling up with non-relatives had a family income of $35,000 or less. less. This is crazy. Holy smokes. This article's on nowbam.com. Shout out to Sarah for writing the piece and covering it. You can get the link down below if you want to read more. But Nicole, what's your reaction to these numbers? Well, besides the fact that there's so many people making only $35,000 or less, which is a little scary. Um, yeah, I mean, I think in I, this, in this situation, yes. So not, yes. Um, I, again, I, I, I mean, Sarah did a great job breaking this all down and obviously going over sort of what's been going on the last few years. And then obviously what's still happening now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more, a lot more, it sounds like families or households being, formed and still our inventory is lacking. I mean, we see it every single day, right? I mean, it's not slowing down. There's still 15 offers on one house. Um, prices are certainly going skyrocket high, um, which again is obviously pushing out a lot of a lot of households that just can't afford. Household formations are up obviously because of the millennial generation. They're at that time uh, of life where they do actually want to move out and they do imagine that and, out of out of mom's basement huh have some dogs and <laughs> do all this kind of stuff from 2015 dogs. whatever they want 2015 well, they definitely don't want kids right that we established that last episode. no no that's gen z no millennials oh. want kids gen, okay. Gen, okay. gen z is not not up on the kids 2015 to 2021 housing stock in the u.s grew by 6.3 million units. Meanwhile, the number of families grew by 7.9 million. So you see the gap there. And 7.1 million new households were formed, outpacing the growth of housing supply. What happened next was predictable. Supply went down and competition for available housing intensified, driving up these housing costs. You can see this chart in front of you right now, which shows the new households and family form, uh, formations outpacing the growth in the housing stock. Okay. So total households, uh, formed and total families formed is well above total housing stock. It's funny because I just covered on the hot sheet this morning, Nicole, that Jerome Powell said to home buyers to wait for supply and demand to even out. Well, how long do you have to wait? I mean, we need millions of properties before we can even pretend like we're even there. And the home buyers he's specifically talking to, the home buyers that are like, I need to buy a home, right? Are commonly buying in starter home prices. So if you're an agent giving advice to a home buyer right now, are you taking the Jerome Powell line of thinking where you're telling them to wait for more inventory? And then what number are you giving them? How many years will they have to actually wait for supply and demand to even out? 
Right. Because according to Zillow, 4.3 million homes short of meeting demand, it's going to be a long time. Right. Uh, number of uh, missing homes increasing. You can see th this chart. So put this chart in as well, please. Uh, the housing unit deficit between available units and families are doubled up. So 2015, the gap was 2.7 million. And you can see it, Nicole, just continues to grow to today's 4.3 million, according to Zillow. It's again, it's it's scary. Um, but again, I, I think that this again, I'm loving this article because it really is putting the full landscape sort of in a really neat package here for um, for agents, obviously, to to sort of digest this information, but also for consumers. I mean, I don't mean to sort of bow out on the side here, but I mean, this article would be great information for any agent right now to convey to um, their their consumers, buyers well, and sellers, because it's just it's again, everyone thinks there's a bottom. Everyone thinks it's a bubble. Everyone thinks it's like, it, you know, they're waiting for the whole thing to fall apart. And it's 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 there's numbers and data and we're just so short on inventory all the way around um, that again, this is it's 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 this is all very telling. Nicole, particularly this upside down bar graph, because there are going to be home buyers who listen to what Jerome Powell's telling people right now. Yeah. And they're going to say, well, there, there's more inventory coming because Powell says the housing market needs a reset and, and wait for the inventory and the interest rates to come down. You could be waiting 18, 24, 36 months if that's the case. And this upside down bar graph shows you that the gap between inventory, particularly between affordable housing and demand continues to grow wider. It's not wider. shrinking. It's not shrinking. So year after year, it gets worse the longer you wait. And in fact, Nicole, if you want this bar graph, I will I will drop it into BAMX for everybody on tomorrow's hot sheet daily download. All you got to do is sign up for BAMX and you get a discount code using real word. So sign up for BAMX down below. Join myself and Nicole in BAMX. There we are. All right, let's go into uh, a reaction to Ryan Serhan. This may be the third video from Serhan that we're reacting to. So he's doing something right, cutting up his Instagram clips and shorts. Let's watch the video and uh, get our reactions. I went to dinner with my first billionaire client years and years and years ago. He ordered the minute the waiter came over to bring us water. There was no sitting there and reviewing the menu. There was no asking for the specials. None of that. Here's the water. Okay, I'm gonna have this and this, and what do you want? And if you don't tell me what you want right now, I'm gonna order for you. We're gonna enjoy the dinner. We're gonna talk. We are on a time schedule. And it didn't feel stressful at all. Honestly felt relaxing, like we weren't wasting any time. I had a dinner with another billionaire, and when the waiter came over right at the beginning, he just held up the menu like this, didn't even look and said, surprise us because when you go to a nice restaurant, you know the food's gonna be good. Billionaires act differently, and it's not rude. If anything, it's super, super nice because they understand the value of the waiter's time. Making a decision about dinner is a small decision, but what I've learned is that billionaires make big decisions quickly because that's their job. Obviously, Nicole, agents wanna work with billionaires or you know very wealthy people, and maybe okay. yep. you could put the very wealthy in the billionaire class and so this, you know, Ryan Serhan has lots of billionaire clients and lots of wealthy clients. This might right. give agents some insight on how to be prepared to network and to meet with 
really wealthy clients. Before I give you my big takeaway, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm interested <laughs> to hear yours, I will say that one of Ryan Serhant's buddies in New York City, they do some co-broke deals together in the past. Josh Rubin. This is his was, style. As soon as I, as soon as I started hearing this, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is totally Josh Rubin. Although he, I don't think he just says surprises. He actually orders for you. Like you're just shit out of luck when you go to dinner with Rubin. So if you know who Josh Rubin is, he's <laughs> one of the biggest um, brokers in New York City. He's Douglas Elliman, uh, you know, a couple hundred million a year. And so Josh will actually he'll order it for you if you're with eight people, ten people. He just tells the waiter, you know, I'll be the only one ordering. And then he just spits off everything on the appetizer, whatever looks good. And you always go family style. Yeah. You know, jo you know reason Josh does that. He doesn't want to hear what, what Ryan's talking. Actually, you know what? He doesn't want to hear this. Play the second clip, Nicole. Here's a surprise clip. This is what Josh doesn't want to hear. And maybe the billionaire clients of Ryan Serhant, they don't want to hear. The waiter comes up. She's shocked, right? She's been sitting with the menu for 25 minutes. Waiter comes up, what can I get you? How, how am I? Oh my God. She gives me this one. You go first. You ever get that? You go, you go first, babe. Okay, I'll get a filet with mixed vegetables. Back to you. How long did you think I was gonna talk to this guy? Think I was gonna take him around the restaurant, hold his hand? Ask him what his dreams are, his hopes. You go first, not skydiving. Tell the man. <laughs> um, what's your style of order? My biggest takeaway here is that it sounds like I need to have a better palate. I am such a picky eater. You are a picky. That's true. I didn't think about and that. And it's funny because my husband always waits for me to. There's nothing on the menu that I ever order as is i'm always removing That's something true. adding something taking something away um but again if i'm having to sit at a meal where i'm being surprised i better start trying a few more uh fishes i guess so <laughs> how about on a on a business what about the ryan sirhan advice what's your big takeaway i mean my big takeaway is time is the most precious asset any of us have in life, obviously, you know, we all know that. Of course. And, and, um, yeah. You know, and I think, I think in situations like that, though, too, Byron, is that it, it's so less about the, the food you're eating and the, but the conversations that you're having. So right. I, th I think most times when I'm going out to dinner with my family or my husband, it, it is more about the food than it is about the conversation. Cause, you know, I mean, I do go out often, but not everybody does. But I think in those situations, yeah, I mean, obviously time is money, but, there's so much more value on the conversations that are going to be having at that meal and, and so much less on the actual food that's being eaten. So yeah, the, the business meeting, the restaurant is the place to have the conversation out, you know, so you're not in the office or you're not right. in a tough shop. It, it gives you, you know, more comfortable experience, but it's really about getting business done. So whether you're having the strip or the filet or the fish, you know, just figure out before you want to go. And there's another clip. I think it's the same comedian. Um, He's the now, best. He is great, but it might be a different comedian now. They're talking about the same thing. He's like, you know, I don't understand when I go out with a couple and they just have no clue what they want to eat, whether it's fish, chicken, yeah. or a steak. He's like, I've been looking at the menu for six months before I go oh, to this restaurant. I <laughs> always am looking at the menu before I'm going anywhere to make sure there's something on there for sure. Yeah. All right. So, so just, I think the, the other big takeaway here, you know, along the line of, you know, time being super valuable, super valuable. 
understand that when you're working with a wealthy client, they're going, they're going to lean more towards this example that Sirhan gave, and you're going to want to respect their time. So how are you delivering information? Are you packaging it in a way that they can understand it quickly? Right. Or are you writing a 20 paragraph essay in email? Or are you breaking it down with bullet points and, and highlights and giving them like an article, like our, like our BAM article that we just read, has the bullet points at the top that you right. can skim through if you don't have time to read through the whole thing? Are you providing that level of service when you're giving information and all the different things? You know, are you making it convenient on them to meet the place? Are you considering what their drive time would be and, and all of those right. different variables? Uh, because they're going from meeting to meeting. That's how they got all that money. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, racket number three. Nicole, this oh. is another clip. These are wealthy uh, agents, I guess you would say, or, or a lot of wealthy talk here. On, a lot on of wealthy talk, yeah. I am with four of the top producing agents in the nation, and they're going to give us their top tips in real estate. Jade, what's your top tip Knowledge. in real estate? Know your business. Knowledge is the most important, and be ethical. Be authentic. Be yourself. That's what they want to see. Know the market and always be honest. And it takes time to find the right thing. Know everything and hustle. There you have it. Follow the more. People don't like that word. There's nothing wrong with it. No, they, it's just, I don't know. No, no, but you're, you're in the camp with everybody on the internet. Everybody's mm -hmm. like, hustle such a gross word. I mean, I don't know. It was so cool 10 years ago. Now all of a sudden so it's gross. 10 years ago, it was so cool like yesterday. I feel like it's- No, no. It's the last three years since the since the uh, 2020 hustle has been you know, demonized. Anyways, three of the four all said knowledge, knowledge. In, a, in a different way. Know everything. One person said knowledge and ethics was number one. But, but you know, knowledge was out in front. So let's put that aside to a second. We'll cover that. The second person said something different from everybody else. She said, be authentic. authentic. So the, sec the second agent said, be authentic. That's what they want, meaning consumers. Nicole, do I you agree, disagree? Is this a racket or is this right on the money? Grow your brand and actually sell more homes. The best courses, live streams, and community in real estate lives on BAMX. Join me there where every single day I upload my slides from the hot sheet. I personally answer questions and you have a group of like-minded agents to mastermind with. BAMX is a fraction of the cost of legacy real estate media. That's intentional. We believe legacy real estate media is broken and we're here to fix it. Join us with the code REALWORD on BAMX, where you get 10% off the annual subscription. Use real word on BAMX to get 10% off the annual. No, I absolutely agree. I remember when I first got into, into the business, I was doing open houses all the time and I was trying really hard to like sell the house. I thought that that was like what I was supposed to be doing was selling the house. And again, I was sort of wearing even clothes that didn't even like, I, I didn't even feel comfortable in. And I remember I ran into an agent um, right after one of my first open houses. It was, it was Lee. And we sort of had a conversation about like how we have to sort of infuse life into our business. And 
you know, we are who we are. Um, but obviously the business is very much about selling yourself. So from that point on, I was going open houses and really talking more to the client about them. And, you know, obviously taking an interest in them, you know, me being able to talk about myself um, and my business 100% boom. So I think authenticity is huge. I think most people know when you're not being authentic. Um, and then it, it also kind of, when you're not being authentic, I think it comes across as being sleazy. That's when you get like that sleazy salesman, you know, dishonest sort of title on you is when you're not being who you are. Nicole, you said something there. Your business started to boom because you could open up and, and now and and have those conversations. I'm going to push you a little bit on this. Ooh, was it wait. your was was it your authenticity, or was it that when you were having those conversations, your knowledge was much greater, which which meant your confidence. Confidence, oh for sure. I mean, I, I guess I can't you know disagree with the fact that I, I felt more confident, but but I but it was mostly the shift. I think it was the shift of 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 me being me instead of me being something that I was that I thought I was supposed to be because there wasn't any confidence in being who I thought I was supposed to be, there was a lot more confidence in being who, who I yeah. obviously am. Of so, course, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously as the years went on, I got a lot more experience and felt a lot more confident, but again, just within those few like weeks of sort of shifting, you know, my conversations, I mean, it, it, it opened up a whole new door of opportunities for me. Authenticity to me, uh, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but it is, it is treated as like such a golden word. Like, you know, you said, you know, like I said, everybody hates on hustle now, yeah. which, is, which is odd if you're like in the business of working and uh, producing and getting better. No, I mean, or I don't, I don't disagree with, with the actual hustle. I just, I, no, I no, I, it's over like the hashtag yeah, everybody, hustle. It's, like, it's just, yeah, like, yeah. just do it. Like, yeah, shut yeah, up. Stop yeah. talking about it and do it. So uh, you're going to have to bleep that out there, Bobby. Sorry. So we, can actually get, get the YouTube video going. Um, but authenticity is used often as a band-aid for professionals who do not want to get better, who do not want to improve themselves. Yep. See, I'm in the camp that when you're actually getting better every single day, you're going to be a new advanced version of yourself. Yeah. Tomorrow, if you spend today getting better, if you spend today learn like how like how Sirhan's learning from that billionaire and taking value from that and right. applying it to his life, yeah. he's getting better. You know, you you look at his journey in particular. Um, you know, he was a hand model, and then he got on TV, and then he got around all these people, and he continued to get better and better and better and better. Right, and he continues to improve every single day, just using him as. So you don't, you example. just don't like the word because people are using it literally. No, They're no, people using are it using as, it as a crutch, like, as a day, the same as a band aid to yeah. show up in, um, you know, a backwards hat to the. I know I use that example a lot, but to show up, this is how I'm most comfortable. Well, you will hurt your business right. if you do everything that yeah. makes you most comfortable. For sure. Yeah, no, and, I, I, I certainly don't disagree. And, and again, I, th I feel like even that woman was, and now I'm putting words into her mouth, but like you hear authenticity a lot too in like video, like in your when you're making uh, videos. It's, it's awful. It, it, I mean, it is, it is awful because there's, there's not always, you can't always just feel comfortable and authentic on video, it, but- it's yeah, the no. worst advice. It's it's the biggest cop out advice, and I, I don't mean to like 
go, go crazy on this, but it's the biggest cop out advice. No, it's, when I, someone, it's when someone doesn't actually have any value to provide. Yeah. They just tell you, be authentic, just be yourself. And you know what? If you just be yourself and you don't improve on your skills each and every day, yeah. a lot of times it's not going to work out for you. It's right. why there's a lot of L's in your MLS. If you look down and look at the production, there's a lot of L's out there and they're the ones that aren't improving, that aren't seeking more information, that aren't networking, aren't masterminding, that aren't in BMX, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Link down below from BMX, by the way. Now, what three of the four said is right on. And this is what top producers know to be the most valuable. It's the knowledge. It's the person knowledge. that knows the neighborhoods inside and out. Actually, by name, can recite the uh, the owners of local businesses. You know, knows the players in town. You know, can rattle them off. Knows the events. Knows the pricing. Can go from macro pricing what's going on across the country. 4.3 million units short, and then apply that to their local market. Right. That's the knowledge that they're talking about, knows what's coming on the market, knows what's on uh, you know, the withdrawal status, but might be coming back on. All of these different things that are happening in their community, they're an encyclopedia for it. Right. And that's the level of knowledge that actually makes you a top producer in this game, not being able to sh uh, you know, accept showing time. So yeah. I'm right there with three of the four. It's all about knowledge. Uh, we we preach that. We've been preaching it for 280 episodes or whatever we're at. Where are we at? 279. I think 79. 279. You said 79. Right. Yep. So there you go. We've been we've been talking about that from the start. Let me know in the comments though if you agree or disagree with the authenticity take that I have. Your take? Oh, your take. I'm like, your take or her take? <laughs> well, where, where do you see the, is, do you know, do you give that type of cop out advice or do you, um, it wouldn't be my number two. Again, it, it kind of, it, it did sort of glare, but I do, again, I, 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 I think being you is important, but yes, I also agree not to wear a backwards baseball hat. Yeah. All right, Nicole, uh, final thoughts. No, I think I'm good. You good. Yeah, I'm good. Right. How you feeling? Feeling great. I'll see you. You left me here in this new in this new studio by myself. Uh, your first solo deal first solo. in the new studio. Feel and, good about it. Uh, I'll see you at the party Thursday night. Uh, if you missed last week's Real World, we're giving away $10,000. $10,000, yeah. Go check that out and certainly check out BAMX down below. We'll see you next week. Keep it real. See you guys. <laughs>